Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hope Lafferty's Existential Crisis. That's me, Hope Lafferty, in crisis of the existential kind. This is the podcast for creativity and other phenomena. I don't know how many of you folks out there remember the television show on PBS called Zoom. Z-O-O-M, not to be confused with the um, telephone interface online now. Zoom was a bunch of multiracial kids out of Boston. WGBH, yo, oh, two, one, three, four, remember that? Okay, anyway, they had a, they had a segment on this crazy TV show back in the 70s called Zoom Phenomenon. And that's where I wor- learned the word phenomenon. I was, what, six? Didn't really know what it meant, but it sure looked cool. Anyway, in the name of creativity, let's back it up. In the name of creativity, I like to kick things off in this podcast with a free write. Those fly by the pants or fly by the seat of the pants (laughs) or fly by your pants, if that's what you want to do. First thought, vomit on a page, spewing out whatever comes. We don't censor. We don't edit. We allow our brains to do what they do. The free write. It also sounds a lot like my love life. So let's take a listen now to what I call X gold. This is going to sound a lot like my love life too. First, get on your board every day. Make sure you have some breakfast and go easy on the coffee. That'll make you tense, dude, and you don't want to lose your concentration. If you can, build your own park course in your backyard. That way, the cops and those nosy kids that don't really know how to skate but always ask to borrow your board so they can land on their asses and break their wrists and go screaming home to their mommies and come screaming back with their lawyers won't be on your back. But we all know that until we get that Puma sponsorship, or better yet, that van sponsorship, the likelihood that we'll be able to build a custom league quality park in our backyard is pretty limited. So forget I mentioned it. Get lots of rest. Drink tons of water, not that Gatorade crap, even if you're sponsored. It'll stain your teeth and make your kidneys come out when you pee. And not that Mountain Dew crap either. What, you've been watching that TV more than you've been getting on your board? Don't lie to me. Just the excuse makes me believe that you are bought and sold by the corporate sponsors that have mass-marketed our trip for their drink at the expense of our collective cred. And by the way, like I said about going easy on the coffee, same holds true for the dew. Don't do the do unless you're sponsored. And then maybe water it down. Wear your helmet, wrist, and knee pads. What are you, a punk? You wanna call yourself a pro? Then you've got to, got to, got to avoid injury before the competition. If you'd rather be an am all your life, then don't even bother getting on your board every day if you're not seeing the gold. Go out with some buds. Make sure you've got some partners to watch and learn from. We're all in this together, and like you're not gonna harsh on your friend if he makes the cut too, right? Change your bearings every month. You'll be pushing it with all the ollies and fakies, and that's just gonna grind out your wheels. And if you're nosing and flipping a lot, come on, we know you are, then make sure your trucks are up to snuff too. I check those after every run, especially if you get kind of fancy on the ramps. If you're injured, give it a rest. And ice, ice, baby. 
And then, while you're resting up, make sure you check out that Tony Hawk video game on PlayStation. That'll make the time go fast, and when you're playing Tony, you'll have already won your gold medal, dude. You know, I feel like uh, we're, we're entering the throwback machine. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, boy, does Tony Hawk even have a video game anymore? Does anybody, does anyone know who Tony Hawk is anymore? He was an old guy when I was coming up, and he's younger than me. Oh, boy. Uh, back, yeah, that was, that was... Uh, a good number of years ago that I wrote that beautiful thing. I, um, I had a choice. I faced a crossroads in my life where, um, I had to decide if I was going to take up golf or not basically. And so I went out and bought a, a skateboard <laughs> and, uh, you know, I probably, I probably wouldn't, I can't really say that I'm a great skateboarder, but I, 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 I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about gravity that was a very sobering moment uh, for me, um, but also, yeah, it was fun to learn how to ride uh, in at Morningside Park in in New York, where a lot of kids don't have the money to get some skateboards, and they see a skateboard and they want to they want to kind of learn learn on your insurance plan. So that was uh, a really fun a fun uh, a fun moment in my life uh, to uh, to learn about setting limits, setting limits on strangers. That is that is basically what a person does when you live in New York. You're always kind of setting limits on strangers. I'm really kind of going down the rabbit hole right now. It's it's going to be one of those one of those episodes, folks, that uh, uh, moves in a more tangential direction. Um, but this is this is kind of where I am this week, so I hope you'll ride with me. But let's move on, please, to our next part. Here we are, part two. Just as I uh, as I promised, <laughs> we are in this week in existence. And this week in existence, I think I'm. I think I can kind of you know build off the last thing that we talked about. It was very serpentine. Uh, I was born in the year of the snake. Now you go quickly run to your local uh, Chinese restaurant and look at a placemat or local. Um, third tier Chinese restaurant, I think probably nice Chinese restaurants don't have those place placemats with all of the, uh, with all of the, uh, Zodiac Chinese Zodiac stuff, uh, right there on the table. But, uh, yeah, so born in the year of the snake and, uh, I've lived on the desert for, boy, I would say nigh up on nigh, nigh up on a decade now. And I have to admit, I've never seen a snake. And we had all sorts of snakes out here, the good ones and the bad ones, right? I've seen, but I've seen turtles. I've seen horny toads. One day, probably a year and a half into my living here, we had this really strange foot long black and white lizard type thing crawling up the side of our house. It was a foot long and it was, shall I repeat, black and white and it stuck to the side of our house okay i don't i still haven't found a picture of what this of what this type of reptile is so feel free to let me know if you have any any experience which i hope you don't any experience with this very slow moving very very sticky footed 
black and white reptile zebra reptile except for it seemed a lot less friendly anyway but back to the snakes all right so i've seen all these other types of odd things that you don't get where where there's more moisture i'll say uh so i've seen two snakes in the last 48 hours two snakes in 48 hours okay so the first one I, I go for walks every day in my neighborhood, and to call it a neighborhood is almost is a little a little suburban uh, around the the dirt roads that connect all the houses that are kind of clumped together in this one part of town uh, that I live in. So I'm walking around, and there's this there's this kind of startup, this pop up, this pop up park a few blocks away from me. It's not identified as a park in any way, but it looks like a park. Some half block in my town has really nice walking paths with lots of really thick, fresh, white gravel. So you walk on it and it makes really good sounds. And it's very well uh, mowed and it's got trees and it's got these carved pieces of furniture that are out of these huge logs, this very rustic, huge logs. And I don't know why it's there. I don't know who cares for it. No, there's no signage. There's nothing. It's, it's got, it's just a really great place for somebody like me when I'm out for my walk and I can kind of slow down and do a walking meditation. I might have mentioned this before, but I meditate. And one of the ways that I meditate is, is a Buddhist way where you actually walk and meditate simultaneously. I won't go into that. And I could do a radio a radio show on what walking meditation is, but it would not sound like much of anything. Uh, So I don't think walking meditation makes for very good radio, but needless to say. So I'm slowing down my pace and walking through this pop-up park. And I look down because I'm walking slowly and I see this little guy, this little snaky guy, right? He's like this little, like, he's he's about the size of my pinky as far as the width goes. And then he's about a foot and a half long and he's green with like a white stripe and he's all kind of coiled up. And I was like kind of excited because it was obviously some kind of garden snake, nothing that I had to worry about, like a red racer or a, oh, I don't know, a uh, rattlesnake or something a little more treacherous than that, which we also have out here. But I was kind of excited because it's like, oh, all right, this is a good omen. This is a good omen because because I, I walk in nature every day. I see all sorts of different wildlife. And every day if I see something really unique, I make note of it and I go to one of my favorite um, online online resources to learn about what the totemic meaning of running into this animal would be. So this is the first time in 10 years I've been out here that I've run into a snake. So I had to figure out like what the snake totem really meant, right? So, and I look it up online and it's like, it means rebirth and wisdom and fluidity and transmutations, which means changeableness for those of you who really don't care about what a transmutation is or and also it means of course sexuality which was always good for someone in my life looking for transitions and changes and new opportunities of course I am ripe for changes I'm having an existential crisis you know these things so when I run into this little snaky guy on my wonderful little walk I'm feeling like okay this is awesome life is good I need to pay attention to my dreams. I need to like figure out how my dreams and my ambitions align with my intellect and my personal power. I mean, this is a whole seminar, a graduate seminar on self-actualization, running into a snake on a meditation. 
it was wonderful. I, I, I gotta say it was, it was like the most wonderful thing. So that was snake number one. Not 36 hours later, 36 hours, if you imagine 36 hours from then would be in kind of nighttime, right? Because if I'm walking in the morning, nighttime, the, uh, the, the snake number two wasn't quite so meditative. In fact, it was the opposite. Middle of the night, I'm sleeping. My husband's sleeping. The dogs are sleeping, except for one dog is awake. And this guy is a chihuahua, a racing chihuahua, we like to call him. And he wakes up and he starts barking in a very strange way. And this dog is a hunter. And so he'll bark in strange ways during the day sometimes, but never when all of us are fast asleep. Okay, so we're awake. We're checking it out. Andy, Andy's checking it out. He's looking behind the dog bed and he moves the dog bed and there's a snake in our bedroom. Now I'm still in bed thinking, oh yeah, the dog is just, and then snake is what I hear. Snake. Like, okay, time to wake up. And the one thing that I know about what happens when uh, we are awoken in the middle of the night uh, is that my husband wakes up kind of slow. He wakes up slow in the morning. He wakes up slow in the middle of the night. And But I wake up fast and I'm ready to like go. It's like, all right, so uh, he's still trying to like process what's happening, but I don't want to attend to the snake. So I better like figure out what my auxiliary role is. So immediately when I hear snake... And he says, all right, so you need to help me with this. Okay, we shoo the dogs out because, of course, we don't want the dogs to encounter the snake. We, as yet, do not know what kind of snake is in our room. (laughs) So I go into my closet and I immediately put on my cowboy boots because they're always at the ready. One of the things, even though I have not run into any snakes for 10 years out here, you always have the cowboy boots ready because you never know when you're going to run into a snake. So I had my emergency preparedness uh, outfit already, me in my nightshirt and my cowboy boots with my eye mask kind of at rest, <laughs> at, at agitated rest at the top of my head, kind of like half awake. All right. And then I'm like, okay, so now what do I do? I don't want to do anything else. And Andy's just trying to like figure out, all right, towel, towel, get a towel. So I go get it. I go down the hallway with my cowboy boots, half awake, adrenaline firing. But before I get the towel, I go into my office and I pull out a hammer because I don't know what is next. So I grab the hammer and I come back with the hammer and the towel. I hand Andy the towel. And of course, he, I mean, maybe you could say he decided to choose as his life partner as a snake. So he's used to snake energy, but he also had snakes in college. So he kind of knew what was going on. He assessed the situation, not a poisonous snake. Okay, this is good. It was actually three times the size of that little guy that I saw, the little cutie that I saw that I was so excited about. Uh, three times the size of that guy, uh, about about two fingers around as a, as, a, uh, as a diameter of this animal and probably three feet long. So, but still green and black, just like the little guy that I saw. Obviously, maybe mom. I don't know who this one, one was. So fortunately, Andy kind of throws, does what he does. I'm just kind of like not wanting to know anything about this, holding the hammer, ready to think that there's something, something to pound. And Andy's able to usher this, this little snaky guy out without killing it, without harming it, scaring the bejesus out of it. 
and letting it go on the side yard. Now, this is the funny thing, because this is how we work. All right, we're all a little bit shaken up, but the snake is like more than happy to be gone. It's like, he doesn't want to be in our house. Let me think about it. Why would a snake want to be in somebody's bedroom, especially behind like a dog, right? It's like, that just seems like maladaptive behavior. Why are you in our room, snake? But, you know, we were able to save the snake, or Andy was able to save the snake, because the snake wasn't going to kill us. Or at least, because we don't have heart conditions, didn't kill us. So, I don't know, this is this is the, the message that Andy got from the snake. It wasn't, he didn't have to look it up online, in the, any kind of totemic evaluation. But this is the message that he got from the snake. The snake says, hey, gee, I'm sorry, I, I made a mistake there. Well... So maybe we need to forgive a few snakes in our lives. <laughs> so there it is. <laughs> Another crisis averted. Or inverted. Or I don't know. I want to thank the man who takes care of me and the snakes. Andy Schneider, producer, engineer, musician, founder of the Marfa Channel. The good folks here at Alamito, and of course, everybody out there listening. That's you. It's you and me, babe. Tweet me at The Hope Crisis. Love to hear from you. Love to be with you. And before we close out, let's bow our heads for the closing mantra. This week, I want to wax a little Oprah. I'm feeling beneficent, which is a term I'm seeing a lot more these days, beneficent. Yay, resurrected vocabulary. You know you are the best. You deserve the best. You deserve to live every day like you're going for the gold. You deserve every day to realize that the snakes in your lives might just be there by mistake. You are the best. You deserve to be the best. And only you can be your best. So screw the naysayers and rock on. Look after yourselves, everybody.